0: Why do good things happen to bad people and why do bad, pe- why do bad things happen to good people? This is a mystery of the world, it's a mystery of human living as it exists now, as, we all, as all of us experience it. In philosophy it's called the problem of evil. And it's an ancient question, how we can reconcile these two things, there's a good God, Who loves us, He's our Father, He's our Creator, He watches over us, His providence uh, guides us into all good things, and yet what we experience so often in life is difficulty and suffering and pain and all kinds of evil things, injustice, and so on and so forth. So why does God allow something like this to happen, and how do we reconcile these things? You've experienced it and so have I. Why do bad things happen to good people, or at least well-intentioned people? A kind of um, silly answer, which I don't like, is, well, none of us are good, which is true. None of us are good. All uh, All of us deserve to be somehow or another punished for our sins, but that doesn't answer the question because God is still God and he's still father. And I don't know any father, any decent father or mother that whose child does something bad and they just have to, in a calculating way, Punish them for something that they did. I just don't think God is like that. And certainly God as a father is infinitely greater than any that we've ever met. So why do bad things happen to good people? C.S. Lewis um, speaks about this a little bit. Of course nobody's answered the question fully and even um, the Christian tradition doesn't answer the question fully because it is a mystery beyond our understanding, though we can learn a lot. C.S. Lewis Tries to provide some kind of answer to this, not by answering it, but by giving an experience that enlightens the, the the situation. He has a book called "A Pain Observed," and it is a book that he wrote after his wife died. He was young, and so, so was she, relatively young, and she died of cancer, kind of unexpectedly. And he journaled every day. And after uh, late in his life that journal was published and it is really a beautiful thing to read. What he's describing is his relationship with his wife which was good and it was holy and it was Christian and it was full of joy and it was everything that would open up and that would edify and that would elevate the human spirit. Everything good happened in that relationship and yet it was cut short by a disease. So it doesn't really answer the question, but it does enlighten the mind when, uh, when we read what he writes about it. What he writes is his experience of the evil that's been, um, that, that he has endured by the death of his wife. And he describes it essentially as a complete changing of his perspective. Not intentionally, but because everything now has, been, has become dark. Everything has been darkened by this experience. When he goes down the street and he sees people, this is what he writes, when he goes down the street and he sees people that he recognizes in London, he was a famous guy, he was a scholar, he sees people that he recognizes in the high culture of London, and all he can imagine is what are they thinking? They feel bad for me, they're sympathizing for me and because of the thing that I'm going through and that's what's corrupting his mind. That's what's uh, uh, permeating his, his mind, his thinking. When he looks at the world around, and what he saw before, which was everything good, God in everything, how everything was so beautiful and how everything was so ordered by God and how everything is leading towards this unity with God, now it just seems like a bunch of broken pieces, darkened by the fog of his wife's death. That's his experience. And yet what he ends off with over and over and over again is this hope in God, this trust that the darkness is not the end of the story? Why am I speaking about all this? The gospel reading today, I think, is another, um, at least not an answer because there's not going to be a full answer to the question, but it's at least another perspective. Jesus gives a parable about a man who sows good seed in his field and it's supposed to bear fruit, wheat. Uh, but an enemy comes in the middle of the night and uh, sows bad seed, so that weeds grow among the wheat. And the idea is that one is kind of battling the other. The the wheat is being somehow challenged in its growth by the weeds. So his servants say, "Well, do you want us to just root them up, the weeds? Do you want us to root up the weeds so that it's as pure as you wanted it to be from the beginning?" And that is. A reasonable thing to ask. It's a reasonable thing to do. When something bad happens to you or to me, our first instinct is, let's get away from this bad thing. Our first instinct is, let's eradicate this horrible thing that's happening in my life. Why would I allow myself to go through this pain? Why would I allow myself to go through this evil, through this suffering? Why not just root out the weeds? And yet, it's the wisdom of the man who sowed the seed, who Jesus says is the Son of Man. So, what he's doing here, he interprets the gospel, the uh, parable. Later on, the, the the man who sowed the seed is the good, is the Son of Man. The good seed is uh, the Word. The one that sows the evil seed is the Devil. The the reapers are the angels. The harvest is the close of the age, and so on and so forth. Jesus is giving us God's perspective, the way God deals with the problem of evil. He doesn't give us a full answer because there is really no full answer that we can comprehend here, but yet he does tell us what it is from God's perspective. While our first instinct and our desire is so often to say, let's just root up the weeds, take care of the problem, God is quite more wise than we are. No, lest in rooting up the weeds, you root up the weeds along with it. No, I'm not going to prevent every evil from happening. Because if I prevent every evil from happening, we might miss out on a lot of good things that would result from it. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to comfort you all the time. I'm not going to allow you to just live a life of pleasantries all the time. Because if we do that, if I allow that, if I remove every obstacle, every challenge, every source of pain, every source of discomfort from your life, you might be too comfortable and the wheat will not grow. There's a distinction that we have to make between wheat and weeds that Jesus kind of makes in another part of the Gospel of Matthew. And this is a really important distinction, and remember this, because we have to ask ourselves all the time, often, Are we the wheat? I think that's the supposition that we make. We're the wheat and we're the victims because weeds have been grown around us. Or are we the weeds? We could be the weeds. We could be the weeds of our own life. We could be the weeds of the lives of others. We could be the weeds in the field of God. And we have to consider this as a possibility. Maybe sometimes we are the weeds, whereas other times we're the wheat so that we can, by purifying our life by the grace of God, we become more wheat than weeds. But how do we answer this question, Whether whether we're the wheat or the weeds? Jesus, in another part of the Gospel of Matthew, says, "'Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the floor and dies, it will bear no fruit, but will remain just a seed. But if it does fall and die, it will bear much fruit, Weeds don't do that. Weeds just sprout out out of the the earth and start corrupting things. They're not seeds that fall to the floor and die. How do we know if we're wheat or weeds? We know by answering the question, am I dying to myself? Am I accepting the fact that there are weeds around me and that God himself is going to take Take care of these things on his own time? Or am I not allowing myself to fall to the floor and die and just rooting up every weed so that I don't have to experience any discomforts and any difficulty in my life? To accept the pain that God allows us to go through, to accept the fact that bad things happen to good people, to accept the fact that God, will, as a good father, in teaching us and forming us, God will allow us to go through deep suffering and pain, to, well, to accept this fact and allow things to take their course according to the will of God and organically, not forcing ourselves to live a pleasant life, but allowing ourselves to live a natural life in this world which does deal with both weeds and wheat at the same time. To accept that as a reality is to fall, it's to be a seed, a kernel of wheat, and falling on the floor and dying to ourselves and allowing God to bear the fruit of that, of that death. But without that death, without that pain, without that suffering, I don't think we remain wheat. I think we become the wheat. Amen.